Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. and Walker Show, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Hit us up on that text line, 704-570-9610. Also, hit that follow button on social media, the Wes and Walker Show page on Twitter. Almost to 1,000 followers. So keep it coming, folks. We love it, but you can also catch our content, behind-the-scenes stuff, all kinds of stuff on the WFNZ Twitter and Instagram, and then at Walker Mail, at Wesson Walker at HTB underscore Josh and at West Bryant underscore 72 on Twitter and Instagram. Let's get to it. Time for the campus. Kona. All right. More realignment talk, folks. And this time, the ACC might be taking their show down to Texas because the rumors are flying that SMU might be the latest team being considered by the ACC at a meeting of league presidents, executives explored the possibility of adding all three universities or inviting only the Pac-12's two members. So they're continuing to examine the expansion. And for more than a year now, SMU has held various degrees of dialogue with several leagues in its pursuit to join a power league, including the Big 12, Pac-12, and ACC. They are a small private school, but SMU resides in one of America's most populous metro areas. That would be Dallas and the heart of the talent-rich football state of Texas. And so the university would arrive at a reduced rate, employing a rich donor base and a healthy desire to advance to the Power 4 level. Man, that's crazy now. They're saying Power 4. But the university is open to foregoing conference distribution pay for at least their first five years in the ACC. SMU officials had similar conversations with the Pac-12. Well, that and that's that's the biggest part. Yeah. What you just said is the biggest part, that mm-hmm. the university would re- arrive at a reduced rate. Mm-hmm. And so now if you're not going to be looking to get that pay for five years, that actually allows SMU in the door a little more so instead of the ACC just looking to expand for expansion's mm-hmm. sake. Now you actually have some real merit here for SMU to possibly be, get intrigue from ACC decision makers. Yeah, no doubt about it. And so to offset the travel costs of acquiring Stanford, Cal, and or SMU, current ACC members would need additional revenue from the network or Stanford and Cal would have to agree to enter the league for a partial share, such as a 60 to 70% rate. So the conversations are ongoing, but now they are talking about SMU coming into the league. And I'm not going to lie, I would be for it. Well, to go to Texas, you're talking Dallas, the money from that fan base. I don't know if you ever saw the 30 for 30 pony excess, but mm-hmm. that is a fan base that wants to win, and they will do it at all costs. That's why they got the death penalty way back in the day. But I think that would be pretty cool uh, for SMU to be able to get into the league. What say you about uh, the league getting into that Texas market? Well, I mean, even Hunter Bailey came on. We were talking about the Charlotte 49ers looking at their schedule for team week, and SMU looks to be pretty damn good this year. And so this is not the Pony Excess days, but this is still a good college football program 
that looks to be working some to some degree with the ACC financials yeah. and being able to take a loss at first, or not a loss, but just not maximizing as much as possible right off of the bat in order to get their foot into the door. And so the real question is, does the ACC find real value in expanding, looking stronger by adding more teams, or do they want to save money and keep this money that they have right now and distribute it to the teams that they currently have and not looking to feed other mouths? What do you find more valuable? To me, it seems more like the latter, but they're still doing their due diligence. Okay, if we can we make money off of a Stanford, off of a California, off of an SMU, whatever, and is it going to be worth it? It's all about is it worth it right now? That's the question. Yeah, they've gone from the WAC to Conference USA to the American, and they have had seven or more wins since 2019. So it will be a quality team coming into the league. Mac Brown, we talked about it yesterday. Tez Walker's eligibility unfairly in the eyes of many rejected by the NCAA. Mac Brown sounded off on it. Here's what he had to say. Tez Walker was, uh, we're trying to secure his immediate uh, eligibility. Um, he's a two-time transfer. We submitted a waiver and the waiver was denied. And um, we filed an appeal. We're waiting to hear back. Under the rules, when Tez, uh, when Tez transferred, um, he was enrolled, but he met the criteria for a, a transfer to be um, automatically eligible. He enrolled in classes on January 9th, and then the um, uh, NCAA changed the rule January 11th. Um, the NCAA indicated approval of his waiver uh, at that time, uh, but that was before the change of, of the waiver directive. Um, Tez has only played football at one school and should be considered a first-time transfer. His reasons for transferring, like I said, it's closer to home, be closer to his grandmother, who is dealing with, with bad health issues. We feel very, very good moving forward that the NCAA will look at this and understand this isn't a normal case of a double transfer, and, um, and, and they will go ahead and accept the appeal and let him be able to play when we open up for the season. And for those who don't know, this is a hometown kid out of West Charlotte High School, man, and you hate to see it. They weren't able to play in 2020 at North Carolina Central where he originally went, so he should be considered just a one-time transfer. And then the kids end up the most hurt in this. Let's hear Lonnie Galloway talk about how Tez Walker took the news. He probably wouldn't want me to say this, but we're at practice, and I'm like, because Tez is normally uh, something was wrong. So I was like, what's wrong? You know, he leaned his head on my shoulder and started crying. And I'm like, what's going on? He said, Coach, I, I hope I get to play football. I did everything that I was supposed to do. You know, and, and that's, you know, part of the struggle that he's dealing with and, you know, the mental part of it for him. You know, I thought I was, all the procedures was, was going the way that I, I handled my business the right way. And now is whether or not he's going to be eligible. So you can imagine what that does to a 21, 22-year-old kid, you know, thinking that you've done right and not to know whether or not he's going to get to play this year. So we're a month out now from the college football start of the season, and this is the time that they decide to say, nah, you're not going to be able to play. I'm glad that Mac Brown feels good enough about the appeal to get him reinstated, but the fact that you have to go along in this process anyway, it's unfortunate. And then to hear some of those emotions coming from Tez Walker. I mean, like, is the NCAA going to take the context into consideration 
and still decide, no, you can't play. And if they do, then it goes Shame to show the them. ruthlessness that the NCAA just doesn't care. And they can't swing it any other way. They don't care if they still say Tez Walker is ineligible to play this season. I know, you, did you have a write-up on this on Heel Tough blog? Fiddy, what were some of the opinions that you have after those comments? I mean, it's just it's just another example of why college, like why the NCAA needs to go under. Because they can't seem to make the right decisions. Like, this isn't a kid that's transferring left and right because he's eighth on the depth chart. Like, he's coming back home because his grandmother's got a sickness that's probably going to take her life. And it, it's this is where I get – it just blows my mind. Dude, JT Daniels has transferred to every freaking time zone in the country and hasn't been punished. This, I mean, this guy, then you got the kid at Florida State. They're moving to be back home with – they got family members who are, who are dying. And the NCAA is saying, yep, yeah, you know what? We're not going to let you to play. Get the hell out of here. Well, this is the other thing. Yeah, you're right. It, JT Daniels is the extreme example. But, Wes, we're talking about two schools. We're talking about Kent State that he played for two years. And we're talking about North Carolina that he's trying to play Division One college football right now. That's it. As far as the stats that he accumulated for footballs, for football schools, that's it. So the fact that the NCAA is saying that he can't play right now, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's absolute trash. Let's just call it what it is. But hopefully he is able to get to play. This was a guy that was voted on by media members as an all-ACC receiver coming into this season. And I'll say first team, even though it's only one team uh, that the media votes on at ACC kickoff.